Hello and welcome to Parking Thought. I'm Jacob and I'm glad you're here today. In this episode, we're going to be talking about soup. And I'll tell you more right after this break from our sponsor. All right, thanks for sticking around through the break. I've realized listening to that when I listen to my own podcast, it's a little low energy. I'm going to have to re-record that. So really appreciate this time around with you guys sticking through that. Let's let's talk about soup today. Might not sound like terribly exciting, but there is an article posted out there uh, on Inc. I'm going to link to this below. So this is inspired by Jessica Stillman's article on uh, something Thomas Edison used to do when he would interview candidates. And what he would do is he would go out to a restaurant and he would order soup. And if the candidate he was looking at would take and add salt and pepper to that soup before tasting it, then Edison wouldn't extend the application. Instead, what he would do is he would look for the candidates where, you know, the person would taste the soup a little bit and then add salt and pepper and be able to refine the taste and palate, you know, and iterate on it until they would get to the right taste and flavor that they wanted. So so pretty cool, right, for what he was looking for. Edison was clearly a smart man, and this was his technique for hiring the right talent. But I, I think there's some larger societal kind of conversations here. Uh, first off, I mean, do we do lunch interviews anymore? A lot of times we have given ourselves so little time to get to know candidates or as a candidate to be able to, to to get to know the people that we are being interviewed by, that it makes it difficult to have that connection to where you can accurately know um, if this is going to be a good fit. And, you know, I find that our process might be efficient from the standpoint of, look, we did something quickly, but if you don't end up with the right candidate in that circumstance, you know, you can end up with a lot of destructive behavior down the line. And so I wonder if maybe Edison got it right, not just on the what he was looking for, but the way he approached it. You know, the, the roles he was looking to fill were worth his time to be able to take somebody out for lunch. And maybe we need to spend the time getting to know one another, not just in the interview process, but in the way we interact in general. And so our challenge today, I think, is maybe, you know, take the time to have some soup with somebody and to get to know them a little better. This morning, I got off a phone call with one of my coworkers and he just looked like he wanted somebody to ask him the question of how he was doing. And the conversation that came out of that was exactly what he needed. And so I think if we slow down for a bowl of soup sometimes, we'll be able to look at other people and we'll be able to recognize that they are in a circumstance or situation where maybe they need somebody to listen to what's going on in their life just so they feel heard. And now I've got a whole bunch of things I want to do to help out the coworker I talk to. Um, I will get to as many of those as I can, and maybe some of them will be effective, maybe some of them won't. But regardless, we both left the conversation where I was acknowledging that he adds value and he felt like somebody had heard him. So much of life is about being heard and is really important. So I want to cover some other things that are happening out there in the news. Good news, by the way, that I have been able to find through all of the other fluff that's going on out there. So National Geographic has an article out recently that talks about how these fossils um, taken from Australia show a never-before-seen layer of detail with regards to the prehistoric rainforest that was in Australia. And I found this article fascinating for a couple of different things. First off, it was really cool because what they're talking about here is how there was a lot of iron elements 
in the minerals that ended up fossilizing this area, which means that when you look at these fossils underneath an electron microscope, they don't need to be enhanced by injecting or coating them in some sort of metal substance. There's enough metal in there for the electron microscope to already pull out the details that scientists have never seen before. So totally fascinating that they're able to do this. Uh, these things are between 23 and 5 million years old. I mean, to stop and think about that, my kids think I'm old. I'm going to be 44 later this year, but to be 23 million to 5 million years old. And I find it also fascinating, this article. It's National Geographic. They lean towards uh, environmental sympathy in a lot of ways, and I'm grateful for that in the conversation. But I was, I was talking to my dad about this article and how cool it was they were able to look at these fossils. And one of the things that was uh, interesting about this particular article is they make this this um, attempt the author does to talk about how our current situation with global warming is going to impact the earth in some way or may potentially damage these fossils. And I'm scratching my head thinking of this because it's like this portion of Australia is no longer a rainforest, dude, right? You're covering an article that talks about how this portion of Australia used to be a rainforest. It is no longer a rainforest. In fact, the places that are rainforest now, when the time when this was a rainforest, were not rainforests at that time. And so, but you're you're going out of your way to talk about man-made global warming. I, I found that a little bit ironic and hilarious at the same time, because I think, well, humankind is playing a role in regards to global warming. I'm not a global warming alarmist. I think that we are encouraged because of the narrative that's out there to make a bunch of small choices that adding up make a big difference. I also don't want to empower governments to make some of those choices for us. I think we can do just fine on our own. I think that the political process um, is significantly disconnected from reality. I mean, the uh, government is currently floating the idea of sending everybody in the country three N95 masks to help get through Omicron. How long do you think a N95 mask will work? And how many people do you think already have them that will be getting them from the government? And then how many people you think that aren't going to wear them will also be getting them from the government? Like it just, it is a very disconnected from reality sort of policy. And, and so when I look at that and I, I scratch my head about it a little bit and I say, yeah, I don't want to empower people who come up with the, that quality level of decision with making decisions about things like global warming. I right now would rather trust people where we're at instead of empowering those who are currently making the choices they are really shows the disconnect from reality in a lot of ways. So that's cool. So we talked about, uh, you know, Thomas Edison, and we talked a little bit about these fossils. Uh, the next thing that I really found amazing out there was uh, this propensity to lean in towards a four-day work week that's happening. So I've got another article here. This is from Inc.com, and it talks about the, there's a CEO of a tech company that just decided that he wanted to be around his family and spend more time with them. And so he decided four-day work week was the way to go, and it really focused his team. When they're uh, together for a shorter amount of time, they have a greater sense of urgency to get the work done that's important, and they're able to focus on it more. And then when they decompress, they're able to decompress and step away more. I mean, a three-day work week or a three-day weekend every every week uh, just seems to make sense to me. And so I'm drilling on ideas of, well, how could I bring that to my team? Currently, I run an office hours session on Friday morning just so I can be there to help people and answer questions with regards uh, to some of the technology we use and how we employ it. But this is a bit fascinating of, are we moving towards a four-day work week? Would be pretty cool. So I'm going to link to these three articles. I'm not going to make this episode a little longer than it needs to be. I'm interested in your feedback. Do you like this new format where I'm covering some of the, the news that's out there and 
bringing and shedding a little bit of light to it in my own way and maybe maybe helping you avoid the clutter and look for the opportunities to have a lot of positives in your life. Because remember, the goal here is that we have all of these choices we can make in our life. And so we want to learn more about how we can make better choices. We want to avoid decision fatigue like we talked about in the last episode. But the one decision we know we can make no matter what's going on and where we are is if we have the choice to be anything that we should probably take the opportunity to ask ourselves, why not choose to be grateful? <laughs>